Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Awesome. Hi. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. I am super excited to have a friend on today. We are supposed actually... We were supposed to talk a long time ago, just for whatever reasons. I think I, both of us just were busy. I think we originally scheduled and we missed the time at some point, but selfishly, I'm just super excited to talk to a friend today um, and see how, how she's doing. Can you uh, introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, <laughs> my name is Lisa Marie Fletcher. I'm from the Bronx, New York. I teach fourth grade ELA in Mount Haven. Um, to the best kids in the world. And up until like August, I was in educational leadership and in education, like on site at homeless shelters and foster care agencies in New York City. Wow. And you do such amazing work. Um, you're someone that I, I don't know if I've actually ever told you this, but you are someone that I, when I first, I don't wanna, it's weird, I guess, I don't wanna say first met you, but because I, I didn't really officially meet you, but when I first was introduced to you online, um, you're always someone that I would use as a, a resource, mainly for just like the content that you were sharing, because I always felt that it came from such a powerful place. Um, and you care so much about kids and it's very obvious through the work that you do online and how you interact with other, other educators. Um, so I thank you for that because it's thank been, you. um, really helpful for me and my journey and the work that you do, um, and that I try to do. Um, so I really, really appreciate that. And I'm sure other people do as well. Today, I've re I'm really interested in what you do outside of the amazing work in regards to education. Um, what are some hobbies that you like to do outside of the classroom? I've, I've had to get some new ones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love working out. I just really, I love working out. I especially love boxing. Um, not super safe in the Bronx right now, so I haven't been going to the gym. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with reading and writing. Sometimes I, I do it and I enjoy myself, and sometimes I don't. And so I'm in one of those phases where I just don't. Um, but some, occasionally I'll write a recipe or something and throw it online, and it'll be mm -hmm. very stupid and very nonsensical. <laughs> um, you know what else? I got super into puzzles last month <laughs> like just really really into puzzles um so i've been working on puzzles i don't do a lot outside of of work hours what kind of puzzles are you into just i have this um a lot of like cartoon like illustrations you know do a lot of the photorealism puzzles and i've i've been steady at like a thousand piece puzzles That's i cool. do things that i'm not particularly good at like i wouldn't call myself a good puzzler um but i commit <laughs> when I lack in any natural ability, I make up for it. Just like commitment. So uh, it's still on there. It's been a week and that puzzle's still on there. It's nowhere close to done, but I'm going to finish. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you say, and I think one of the things I love about you is your writing is just like phenomenal um, in regards to how you tell stories as well. Um, and you had an opportunity a while ago to hang out with um, a friend of yours um, where you guys 
went away, you did a lot of writing. And um, can you just share a little bit about that process? Because I often see through um, both of your accounts when you talk about the experience in itself and how just refreshing that was for both of you. How was that process leading leading up to and then during um, during the time you spent writing? I feel like leading up to it, everything happened very very quickly, mm. so I didn't I didn't believe we were going until we were there. Um, the pro the month itself was the most writing I've ever done at any point. I think ever like it was every day we were writing for like a bare minimum thirty minutes, but usually it went on for like we'd be hanging out upstairs like writing for a couple of hours or creating and got really into drawing towards the end of it um mm. i was working on one of the drawings i started over there today during my pd because i wasn't being a good listener but <laughs> i just could it was it was a late afternoon meeting and i couldn't handle it um yeah it's, it's wild in hindsight like in hindsight i kind of can't believe that we got the opportunity to do that it was a lot of people's mm. generosity that let us go Mm -hmm. um I think one of the really interesting things about it is that we weren't writing for the sake of production um we weren't there was no obligation to put anything anywhere we were writing mm -hmm. for the process of writing um at some point I need to go back and reread some of the stuff that I wrote I haven't touched it since then mm -hmm. it, just, it just exists I know there's one that Shay really likes um that I don't feel the same way about and maybe I'll reread it and feel differently now. It's mm -hmm. it's almost out of body experience now. Well, is that something that really happened? And mm -hmm. How does somebody write every day? I can't even imagine that. Right <laughs> <laughs> can you talk about the importance of, I don't want to say time away, but can you talk about the importance of just turning off? Because you we talked about that briefly before we started the podcast and how you were saying you get like Christmas day off normally and 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 that's it um can you talk to me about the the idea of just like taking time away um from a lot of the work that that we do online yeah I've been wondering a lot about it today and I wonder um, if there's a little bit of a sense of safety that I'm lacking and that's why I'm really struggling to think about break and struggling mm -hmm. to think about stepping away because mm -hmm. Um, the world feels a little less safe if you're not actively trying to make it safer. Like if you don't bear that burden, like if I'm not carrying something, everything will fall apart, like that kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just, I'm trying to, what word am I? No, I, I totally I understand what you're trying to say. I think I'm I'm also thinking thinking aloud here, and I, I often tend to believe that we we are in a place right now where I think specifically you, and um, I think a lot of the other people that I enjoy so much online are being pulled in so many directions in regards to um, I want to say content and just like what people wanting so much from uh, from us that you have to decide eventually like what what is more important to you um and oftentimes we because the work is so important we feel like we have to continue to to produce 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 um and then we forget I mean, time runs out sometimes when we are burnt out 
basically because we've given everything that we possibly had and we've forgotten what's is the most important thing is which is like our full body right our our health um yeah our, right yeah and it's weird because we talk a lot online about like community and like knowing that you have your community and community's mm-hmm. got you but mm-hmm. there's still not enough of a sense of safety in that community for Agreed. a lot of people of color online to like be like okay then y'all got this and i'm gonna step away Mm-hmm. As much as we hype up the idea of online community and professional learning networks, there's still something about like the online, like that Twitter educational culture mm-hmm. that makes Black and Brown educators feel unsafe, leaving it in the hands of their white colleagues to like handle mm-hmm. so that you could take a nap. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, maybe our maybe our Maybe we need to rethink all the credit we're giving ourselves for building online community because there yeah. are a lot of like black and brown educators who specifically say, I don't feel like I can stop. Can you tell us a little bit about um, you as a kid? What did that look like for you? I was a kid in this apartment, so I live in my childhood apartment. It's rent stabilized, wow. which is like inheriting like a kingdom in New York City. You inherit a rent stabilized apartment like you're lit. Um, I was, I was a big reader. My mom was a teacher. Um, and so I was reading like a lot of my clear memories or me just like laying on her classroom rug, reading her classroom library. She taught pre-K. Um, I don't know if I was a particularly interesting kid. I come from a very extroverted family and I was a very mm-hmm. quiet kid. Mm-hmm. And so like I was, I would regularly just be in the corner reading and my Thea would come by and be like, oh, I forgot you were in the house. <laughs> so quiet. Well, I don't know. I would I don't I don't think I did too much. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like a very social I wasn't the kid staying after school to do like activities. Mm-hmm. I'll go home and read stuff, like read books or read fan fiction online. Just, mm-hmm. I was reading all the time. And were you writing when you were younger too at all? Do you remember? Yeah, a little. Um, nothing I can really remember. Yeah. Um, I have a poem that I did in high school that my mom, it was just a high school assignment. I honestly didn't really care about it, um, but she found it <laughs> and she framed it. So that's one of my own. Oh, I have that framed poem and I have this. This I wrote. Mm-hmm. This first I love that she framed it. That's awesome. She did, and I would have thrown it in the garbage, but she framed it, and because she framed it, I still have it. Oh um, my goodness, sickness. So it's my wow. first book. What can, you can't just, now you have to, uh, you have to tell us about it because I'm very curious of the title. Um, we, were, <laughs> we were learning about germs. Um, the germ on the cover has a speech bubble that says, we will rule the president's body. Um, what happened? Oh, a dust storm. A dust oh. storm happened. Wow. The president was sick. I'm just like, this is a very like New York, like my understanding of New York, there's Macy's Herald Square and right next to it is the Dominican restaurant La Caridad. Um, which is not how neighborhoods work in New York City. New York City is deeply segregated, but I wanted my reader to know it was New York. So I was like, well, Caridad has to be there. Um, and Toys R Us. That is awesome. Yeah. 
it's a fictional account explaining um, how germs work. And also there's a fart involved because that's still my <laughs> sense of humor. Um, of course it is. Of course it is. Have you showed this to your students? I haven't, but I really should. You 110% have to. You they would clown to. the shit out. Am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> they would clown the shit out of me, man. They roast me just for existing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you were to see this book mm. and the fact that I misspelled sickness on the cover. <laughs> I would never hear the end of it. Oh, I love that you have your old writing as well, um, because it does show that you, like, I think when I think back, on my childhood as well. Like I wouldn't consider myself a reader or a writer or someone who was really into literacy um, for all the reasons that we talk about online, um, going to all white schools, um, just not, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I found a poem, what was this, uh, this summer? I knew I had written this poem, but I found the poem through my old principal and I was telling her about some writing that I was trying to do. And she's like, oh, do you remember this poem that you wrote in high school when we did the workshop? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I have it. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but it's just, it's it's so interesting just to see where your, your mind was back then and just like your thoughts on stuff. Uh, how about you? Like, what did your schooling look like in regards to the people that were providing you with ed education? Um, so I went until I was in sixth grade to a dual language school, um, same school my mom worked in. So I had like, I think a unique experience in that a lot of my teachers were Latinx. Um, they ranged racially, like black Latinx, white, um, white Latinx, indigenous Latinx, but um, everybody was bilingual, just kind of by default. Um, I, that was very different. I did all of my schooling like 50-50 until I was 11. Um, I really vividly remember like the most my teachers talking about revision. Like, that's what mm -hmm. stuck. Like I remember Mr. Hernandez like holding up a poem that I wrote and being like, oh yeah, this, this looks like a real writer did it because they scribbled all over it and they crossed things out and they rewrote it. Yeah, <laughs> like revision <laughs> stuck with me. Um, after, after my dual language experience, all in all, my teachers got a lot whiter, but the beginning of my academic career was Latinx. Um, wow. And my mom was a Black immigrant Latina teacher for the majority of my childhood. So wow. that's like what I wow. associate with educators. Is like That's so cool. And then people. I guess... You're, I'm assuming then your your path to education has been heavily influenced by mom, I'm assuming. Yeah, I come from, I'm third generation teacher. My, wow. my aunt is really proud to remind me. There were, the day before the first day of school, my aunt messaged me on WhatsApp. She's in DR, but she was like, you know, your mother's a teacher, my aunts are teachers, my cousins are teachers. Wow. Um, wow. She's like your grandmother and your great aunt taught in the Dominican Republic, and wow. I, I went into the family business. So, wow, I think that's so. Growing cool. up, teachers look like me, yeah, or darker than me because I'm I'm half white. So. 
I love that. <laughs> Growing I, up, I, like... <laughs> I think that's so cool. I think that's so cool that you have a a line of educators that had been doing it um, before you, um, and to be able to reach out to um, when doing the work because they've been in it for for so long. Um, how are things going? All things considering, right now, um, things are okay. Last year was yeah. like a really tough year personally. We had a lot of loss, um, mm -hmm. and then this year is what it is. Like I really yeah. miss my family, um, but but everybody's okay. Like, one cousin who got sick, um, he recovered, and eventually he got a sense of smell back. So we're very mm -hmm. blessed. And, Mm -hmm. um we're all doing we're all doing okay it's a little weird like i said i come from a super extroverted family so i've been mm -hmm. like trying to wrap their minds around sure not sure. being around each other is is tough mm -hmm. um but i've been super blessed good okay. good Everybody's I, okay. yeah i i'm same i think super um blessed just to be able to, to function and do things relatively, I don't want to say normal, but like we're extremely, we're, we're in a place where we can kind of, we can do basic, not every, everything, but like we can do a lot more than what most people can based on the situation, specifically here in, in Manila. Um, there's just such a huge divide when it comes to um, just like society itself and just it, it's really hard to to watch knowing that they're dealing with covid but then at the same time like they could have the tsunami like next week or a natural disaster that like on top of this other huge pandemic they are dealing with so many other things so it's just it really puts things in perspective for for us um and how blessed we are in lucky we are to be living the, the type of life that we live and I think it's something that's the majority of this majority of the school I think have, have thought about through this process is just how here we are living in this space that doesn't belong to us and the the local people here are really dealing with the the real issues which is something they've been dealing with for so many so many years now so but I agree with you. Yeah, I'm blessed. I'm in a place that I'm feeling okay. Um, but for you, I'm just hoping that you continue to find happiness in the places that you want to, whether that's through puzzles, whether that's through writing stories, whether that's through talking to friends, um, because I appreciate you so, so much. Um, and just spending time with me like today. And again, it's been long overdue. Um, and I know you're busy just because I just, I, I know that you're always producing things and giving your time to other people. So um, I'm hoping that you're able to give time to yourself during the break because that is something you need to do and you deserve every bit of it. <laughs>